You ready? 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 One, two, three, four! Anyway, with the friends that 
Warning, the following podcast features views and opinions that are not representative of the collective views of the Whispers groups. Some of these views may not be suitable for children. Accordingly, the producers and hosts of the Missy AE podcast must insist that no one attempt to take anything that is being said as representative of the views of any of the Whispers groups. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Missy AE podcast. Tonight, we bring to you Sports Whispers Weekly, where we talk nothing but sports for the duration of the show. We have a lot to cover tonight. We have, of course, the World Series having wrapped up with the World Series champion Mm -hmm. Houston Astros finally winning their first legitimate World Series. Uh, We will (laughs) dive into that. We have uh, the MLB offseason officially underway, and we already have a couple of signings, but uh, we will dive into some of the top free agents of this of this uh, this year's class and see where each one may go. Uh, we have a new addition to the NFL head coaching carousel to discuss, uh, as well as some more updates about Dan Snyder. And, of course, there's probably going to be more stuff that's going to pop up during tonight's show. Uh, so a reminder real quick, if you guys haven't done so yet, you can follow the Missy AE podcast on either iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, or you can go to blogtalkradio.com slash missyae, and you'll get access to not just shows like tonight, but also any of our previous shows and upcoming shows that we may do. Uh, but tonight, we to start off the show, we do have Lou with us. Uh, Lou, it's... Well, let's let's put it this way: the World yes. Series, uh, it took quite a turn, to, uh, based on how it started it out. Yeah, much to my dismay, of course. You know, I'm thinking Philly. You know, after the surprising win in Game One, maybe they're going to make this into a series. They did well until up until Game Four, when it all went downhill from there. I thought, you know, after winning seven nothing in Game Three, maybe they would balance them for sure. But Houston proved why they're the best. Unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately indeed. It was it was really weird considering the fact that uh Philly got off to a got off to a start where it looked like Houston it looked like right away from the very beginning that Houston was gonna run away with things. And yeah. all of a sudden Philly came back in game one and won game one by a score of six to five in extra innings. Uh, with yes. Sir Anthony Dominguez picking up the win uh, and the loss going to Luis Garcia in that game with the first save of this year's World Series going to David Robertson. Uh, Houston, though, I mean, they had they had two home runs from Kyle Tucker in that game, while Philly had a home run from JT Realmuto. However, in game two, Houston would fire back off of a brilliant performance by Framber Valdez, uh, where he picked up the victory, going uh, improving to uh, obviously 1-0 in the World Series. And Zach Wheeler got shelled for five runs yeah. uh, from, from Houston, picking up the loss. And Alex Bregman was the lone Astro or the lone player, actually, to record a home run in Game 2. However, though, Philly would bounce back 
in game three with a offensive, an offensive showcase of nothing but home runs uh, with a seven to nothing shutout victory in Citizens Bank Park out in Philly. Yes. Uh, with, with home runs from Bryce Harper, Alec Bohm, Brandon Marsh, Kyle Schwarber, and Reese Hoskins uh, with Ranger Suarez three in that one. And Lance McCullers Jr., who normally doesn't get rocked like he did, got absolutely destroyed. And uh, one, one thing to note about that is he was actually tipping his pitches, which was something that Dusty Baker, I don't think, even realized that he was doing until it was finally too late and he ended up taking him out. Right. But you, you would think, Lou, that, okay, maybe perhaps Philadelphia has finally shown up and, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to be treated to a slugfest, right? Right. Wrong. Which instead, right. Well, in game one, yes. But after that, no. Yeah. And then, and then, you know, in Game Three, Philly had that had that uh, that seven run showing, and we thought, okay, this you know this is actually going to be a series, and Houston isn't just going to walk all over them. Then came Game Four, where a combined no hitter by Houston, as they put up five runs on ten hits uh, yeah. against Philadelphia, and Aaron Nola got uh well everything fell apart for him in the fifth inning. Uh mm-hmm. the win went to Christian Javier who put on a stellar performance uh as the starter for Houston. And you know, I think I think a real big thing about this series, Lou, is the fact that Houston actually came in with a little bit of an edge because they, you know, they have They've been to the, this group in particular has been yeah. to the World Series before, you know, multiple yeah. times. They've made multiple trips to the World Series. They know what to expect. They know uh, in terms of pressure, you know, just exactly what to expect and how to live up to that pressure. I mean, obviously, last year against against Atlanta was a completely different story because that just seemed like it was a complete Cinderella season for uh, for Atlanta. However, you know, uh, Houston, I got to give credit where credit is due. Houston, they knew exactly what changes to put in place, and they absolutely limited Philadelphia to just three. Total yes, runs after game three. Now go, going to game, yeah, going to game five. Houston ends up narrowly defeating Philadelphia three to two, giving Justin Verlander his first win in a World Series in nine attempts. Mm-hmm. Other times before in his World Series career and never got a World Series victory until Game 5. The loss went to Noah Syndergaard. Uh, Ryan Presley got the first save of the series for the Astros. And uh, rookie shortstop sensation Jeremy Pena 
was a huge part of this Houston win, picking up a home run, uh, his first of the World Series. And Kyle Schwarber made things interesting with his second home run of the World Series. However, it wasn't enough to pick up the victory. And in game six, another gem by Framber Valdez as Houston defeated Philadelphia 4-1. to one in game six to close out the world series and to give dusty Baker his first world series victory as a coach. Now he did, if I remember correctly, he did win one as a player, didn't he? Wasn't it with the Dodgers? I guess my Yankees. Yes. So uh, the one thing he obviously has been missing is a world series ring as a coach. And he's been to the World Series before as a coach. He went he went last year and right. uh, also back in, I want to say it was the early 2000s. He was also in the World Series. Right, but he didn't. But he didn't win back then either. Uh, yeah. However, though, he does officially pick up a, pick up a World Series win here. He is now the oldest coach apart from Jack McKeon, to win a World Series at the age of, I believe it was 73, I think it was. 73, yes. Yeah. Uh, So Houston wins this one four to two, uh, uh, this series, four games to two. Jeremy Pena was named the World Series MVP. I mean, not, you know, not a bad rookie year for for this kid winning, uh, you know, not just – Winning not just the ALCS MVP and the Gold Glove, but also the World Series MVP, and he's a World Series champion all in his first year. Right. But well, he learned from the you know, best. Think, from his dad. Right, and and you know, come come to think of it, not a not a bad replacement either for uh, for them losing Carlos Correa. No. You know, when you think about it. It kind of makes it kind of makes sense now, maybe why they let Correa go because Jeremy Pena was was sitting there waiting in the wings. Yeah. Now, obviously, obviously, of course, uh, you know you kind of have you kind of have to feel bad for the Phillies because this is their first time since uh, 2008 or 2009 uh, getting back to the World Series yeah. uh, in a season where. In a season where you never really expected them to even make it to the World Series, let alone the playoffs. Not judging from like May when they were twenty-two and twenty-nine. No, I thought it was going to be a nightmare season the rest of the way. Right, and even and, they wouldn't even get close to five hundred. Right, yeah, and, and yet they fi- uh, they fire Joe Girardi, they bring in Rob Thompson, and he guides them to a playoff berth and eventually, you know, a trip to the World Series. And I got to say this right now. I think it is a travesty that he is not a finalist for Coach of the Year in the uh, National League. Instead, they went with Snicker, uh, they went with Roberts, and they went with Showalter as the three finalists. Well, Showalter, of course, you know, I've got to give it I mean, I understand Showalter, you know, doing what he did for the Mets. But Roberts, with that roster, you really mean to tell me that he's 
you, you really mean to tell me that he's uh, coach of the year material? No, I mean, he, he was basically gifted. He was gifted uh, what should be a World Series contending roster. Right. And Snicker, I mean, I understand, yeah, you know, Atlanta uh, was behind in the national all season long, and then they come back and take it from the Mets at the very end. But I still believe that, you know, if Brandon Hyde is going to be a finalist for the Baltimore Orioles in the American League, then Rob Thompson should be a finalist for the Philadelphia Phillies in the National yeah. League. I am right. just complete I'm just completely dumbstruck by the fact that oh that he was basically uh he was basically held out uh because of this. Hmm. But uh Dusty Baker, uh not only is he a World Series champion, they did officially sign him to a one year extension, I believe, so he is coming back yes. for at least one more year. However, there is a little bit of turnover going on in the Astros right. organization. First off, they they will officially part ways with general manager James Click after only offering him yes. a one-year extension. Now, tell me how this makes sense, Lou. Yeah. Now, granted, granted, this uh, this team was already built before this new guy even came in. However, he just guided them to a World Series title. Yeah, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And you only offer he he had been at the helm of the Astros. He had been at the helm at the uh, of the Astros for three years. And you mean to tell me that you're only going to offer him a one-year extension? Yeah, what the hell with you? That's an insult. It is. It's like you guys literally just won the World Series, and you mean to tell me that uh, I'm only worth a one-year extension to you guys? No wonder he left. You know, he felt that insulting. They threw it right back in his face. It's like saying, "You." I mean, I would be insulted, Lou. I would, if sure. I was in his situation, I would definitely feel insulted. Oh yeah. And then not just that, they also fired assistant general manager Scott Powers mm. after they after they failed to negotiate a new deal with James Click. Uh, they fired Powers, who was hired from the Dodgers back quick. in January. So, you know, he still isn't. You know, it, it's 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 kind of weird when you look at it when when you look when you look at it like this. I mean, what what are your thoughts, Lou? The fact that the Astros have all of a sudden, you know, they win a World Series and it's almost like, well, screw you, you know, screw you, you, uh, power trip, you got, you guided us to the World Series, but you know what, we're, we can do it without you. Power trip. 
That's what I can say. You know, they're using it. Probably, well, we did it here, now we're going to take our business elsewhere. Right. It's, you know, it's it's absolutely disgusting uh, for an organization. You know, I think I think one thing uh, to look for, you know, he's probably going to latch on really quick, I would assume, with another yeah. team. So that's definitely something to to keep an eye on, you know, moving mm-hmm. for, moving forward uh, in this uh, in this off season. That's definitely something to keep an eye on. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros, if something starts, if something comes out and all of a sudden, yeah. you know, the Astros start slandering him or something oh, I through one of their, through one of their handpicked reporters. The slandering's already begun, man. Yeah. It's, it's it's disgusting regardless the fact that a team would uh yeah you know would basically do in one of their high level executives like that but hell you know i i guess i guess we can't really uh you know we we can't really chide them over uh for that i guess apparently though because i mean look at the look at them this is a team that's made it to the world series how many how many uh how many times uh, the last uh, couple of decades? Mm-hmm. Ever since they moved over to the American League, so right. You know, I guess I guess Jim Crane must know what he, must know what he's doing. Apparently, so yes. But uh, the Astros did make a uh, did make a signing as they are keeping their setup man Rafael Montero officially under contract. Yes. Uh, three years worth thirty-four and a half million dollars. Uh, he will he will pretty much slot right back in as their uh, as their setup guy. Compile after compiling a microscopic two point one eight ERA across seventy-four and a third innings over the last two seasons with the Astros. That's about. Uh, 75 appearances out of the bullpen for him. So that's definitely a big win for uh, for the Astros as they look to try and keep part of this team or most of this team together. Because you know damn well with winning a uh, with winning a World Series, that means obviously that uh, for any of their free agents, mm-hmm. the price is going to go up. Oh, of course. Now. As far as free agents go, Lou, this is where things get interesting because we're going to take a look at some of the high-profile free agents this year and see where each of them will fall. Obviously, we know the biggest one on the market is Aaron Judge, and yes. you know I want to I want to get your thoughts first, Lou. Do you think there's any possibility? that the Yankees somehow lose Judge? I don't see it. Like I said, there's just been rumors been flowing around that, you know, thinking going to the West Coast. Uh, I haven't heard anything, you know, much about much of any other moves uh, lately. So as far as I'm concerned, he's staying. 
with the free agencies that happen, fewer than 10%, you know, take the offer and uh, from their team and the minor and they manage going somewhere else anyway. True. But, I mean, I, I mean, he is connected though, uh, from, from what I've seen here though, he is connected to, uh, the, to the giants out in San Francisco. Hmm. As he is, a, he is a California boy, so yes, that is something uh, to keep an eye on as a potential potential wild card. And the rumor is, obviously, of course, that the Dodgers uh, are also yeah. going to try and uh, step in because, of course, not. You know, you know why not? The Dodgers get everybody, so of course they're gonna yeah. they're gonna try and get Aaron Judge because. I guess, I guess apparently they have a you know they're like the Yankees of uh, yeah. of this generation. They're the Yankees of this generation, yeah. except without all the World Series rings. Right. Where uh, their owner, you know, has a gigantic uh, a gigantic bankroll and can basically outbid every single per every single team that he wants to. You know that's that's partially why I think that Major League Baseball kind of needs a uh, a salary cap because yeah you know it, it's just kind of ridiculous that it it basically all depends on the size of your uh, of your owner's uh, bankroll and whether or not he feels like dishing out money. Yes, I've always said I've wondered that myself. And by the way, a quick update. I'm uh, obviously I'm watching the uh, Bruins game right now. The Bruins have just taken a two to one lead over the Buffalo Sabers off of a goal by I believe this is Jacob Zaboral, his first. This may be his first NHL goal, I think. Uh, but about seven minutes left to go in the game here uh, out in Buffalo. Uh, Bruins up two to one now after Buffalo actually ended up scoring on a shorthanded goal uh, early on in the first. so And you got some good news back with your team as well. Huh? You got some good news on your team uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, we, you know, uh, the Bruins, you know, going into hockey for a little bit here, I'm kind of surprised, Lou, with how hot of a start they've gotten off to. I mean, you know, this is if pretty you want a hot much... start, you should check what the what the Golden Knights are doing. My goodness. Oh, I know. Yeah, uh, and and it's funny you mentioned the Golden Knights because, uh, you know, they have uh, they have our old coach Bruce Cassidy, and I told you this yes. right from the start. I told you this right from the start that as soon as they signed him, this is going to be this will be franchise changing potentially for the Golden Knights. Right, and right. you know, you look at you look and see where the Golden Knights are right now, and they're yeah. pretty much back. They're pretty much back to where they were when they first came into the yes. league, where nobody, you know, nobody was expecting them to contend for a Stanley Cup, and there they are in their first year reaching the Stanley Cup. Now they sit at well, 13 and 2. Well, like I said, you know, when they first came, this wasn't a bunch of uh, you know, players that were just 
you know, coming out of college and stuff. These were very experienced players that knew what they were doing, and that's how the Knights were able to become what I thought was a surprise uh, to the to the hockey league. But uh, I wasn't. Yeah, you know, I I I wouldn't say I was surprised. I, I would say I was surprised that they made the Stanley Cup, but I wouldn't. I wasn't surprised that they made the playoffs, considering. The certain that. players that they, considering the certain players that they had, they had Mark Andre Fleury. I, I, I mean, just to start off, Mark Andre Fleury in net, you know, a Vezina Trophy winner. How, how do you not? And not, not to mention, he has, you know, he won two cups with the Pittsburgh Penguins. See, so, you know, you had experience there in net, and. Vegas, I wasn't really surprised that they had made the playoffs, but I was a bit surprised that they got all the way to the Stanley yeah. Cup in their very first year because usually you don't see that with expansion No, teams. you don't. Anyway, so it's very rare. To, yeah. What I was actually referring to is you got good news on your side because you got one of your, your top players back. You got uh, McAvoy. Right, yeah. You know, uh, McAvoy actually in his first game back, he actually scored. Uh, yep. He scored, I think it might have been the game winner actually uh, that he had scored. I but, don't recall if it was the game winner, but it was, it was you know, it was um, a second time of your right. I think it was the game winner. So that proved it right there. You know, he was supposed to be out the whole year and he came back in. Right. Well, not out the whole year. He was supposed to be out a couple of months. So he came, they said he came back like a couple of weeks earlier than expected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was kind of a surprise. It was kind of a surprise. But, you know, so far, yes. uh, so far it doesn't look like he came back early. You know, where, you know, because some, sometimes you're unsure whether or not uh, a player should come back, whether they came back too early or – or not, and thing, so yeah. far, you know, so far with McAvoy, it doesn't really look like he has. It, it's not he's not showing any signs that him coming back early was a big mistake or something. So right, and you know, it's the same thing with with Marshand. You know, a lot of people were surprised that Marshand came back uh, as early as he did. You know, I remember at the end of last season we were talking on here, and. I brought up how, you know, the Bruins, uh, how the how, how the hell are they going to contend this year? Because uh, they would be short McAvoy and also Marchand to begin the year. And so far, I mean, they're one of the hottest teams in the NHL right now. They're 12 and two. About to be 13, about to be 13 and two, assuming that they hang on to this lead here. Actually, it is 13 two. It might be 14 two now. Oh, it is thirteen and two. Well, it says yes. it says here that they're twelve. It says here that the Bruins are twelve and two. Oh, sorry, I was thinking of the Golden Knights. Sorry, I knew they were up there. Yeah, yeah, the go- Yeah, the Golden Knights are thirteen and two. Um, That's what got me. But I believe actually former. I think he's a former Rangers goaltender. Uh, Keith Kincaid is actually in Keith that King- tonight. Yes, yes. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, with of course, uh, of course, Jeremy Swayman uh, ended up having to go on injured reserve with I think it was a groin injury or, or of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Keith Kincaid, you know, is seeing his first time back in the league 
since the – oh, no, he did play last year. He played one game last year, and he got the win for the Rangers. Uh, so he spent most of his time in the AHL last year. And actually, now that I'm, you know, now that I mention it, this, uh, yeah, they are improve. They are going to improve to thirteen and two because Boston just scored again. Uh, Patrice Bergeron with his second of the game. So, uh, you know, so far from what we've seen of this Bruins team, you know, Linus Olmark, he he looks a lot better this year compared to what he looked like last year. Uh, you know, between the pipes for Boston. And so I don't know what it is with Jim Montgomery, but it seems like whatever message Montgomery is sending, the veterans on this team are really going for it. Yeah. You know, at the at the pace that they're scoring – you kind of have to wonder if maybe perhaps the, I mean, granted this is early in the season, you know, this is only game number 15, but you kind of have to Mm. wonder if maybe perhaps the Bruins might be considered to be Stanley cup contenders. It's too early to say right now, but if things are going, you know, the way they are right now, that could be a possibility. But, you know, I've seen teams that, you know, have done so well in the beginning of the season, like in November, and I think, oh, it's going to be a Stanley Cup preview and all that, and it turns out, you know, they lose in the first round or second round. So it's, right. you can't really say by now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, obviously, it's obviously way too early to tell. Uh, but just t- taking a look real quick at the divisions and how they shape up right now, uh, good news for uh, for Diane and her New Jersey Devils. They are on yes. top of the Metropolitan Division right now with an 11 and three record. And Marty is going to be involved with the team. Yep. Uh, oh wait, in in uh, in what capacity is he uh, is he involved? Okay, I'll just go back to yesterday's article. Now, keep on. He is not coming back as a player. Uh, he's going to be involved with the, um, I think, well, with uh, like with the management, he's going to be, um, I think, uh, vice president in charge of operations. Oh, that's a per, you know, that's the perfect, uh, the perfect job for him. I, you know, I thought if anything, yeah. you know, maybe maybe he might be uh, like a goaltending coach or something, but uh, that's actually the perfect job for him, considering you know he's kind of like uh, he's kind of like Steve Eiserman and uh, Marty St. Louis when it comes to hockey minds. You know, he is very, very, very smart uh, when it comes to hockey IQ. So I think that is definitely, uh, that is definitely going to work in the, uh, in the devil's favor, uh, having him in, in their front office moving forward. So I would expect that you're probably you're probably looking at a pretty big turnaround for the Devils uh, moving yeah. forward here. So, right now they lead the Metropolitan Division. Uh, Who'd have thought? They they do they do uh, have Carolina tra- trailing them by three points, uh, with the Islanders uh, also trailing by four and the Rangers trailing by five. So right now, New Jersey has 22, Carolina with 19, Islanders with 18, 
Rangers with 17. And then you got Philadelphia and Washington with 16. Then Pittsburgh with 14 and Columbus at the bottom with eight. So, you know, it's, it's really surprising, Lou. It almost seems like we're seeing a complete flip of the NHL this year. Yeah, we are. Well, now we are. Where, you know, you have, you have uh, perennial contenders like Washington and Pittsburgh finding themselves practically at the bottom for the most part. And, I mean, Columbus, the, you know, Columbus has been a joke the last couple of years anyways. Uh, they yeah, are a joke. They just what they're going through now. Right. Yeah, and the in the Atlantic Division, uh, you have the Boston Bruins leading the way with 24 points, a comfortable seven-point lead uh, over three teams that are tied for second place in the Atlantic Division. You have Detroit, you have Florida, and you have Toronto, all with 17 points in the right. Atlantic, tied for second place. Uh, then you have Tampa Bay and Montreal tied for fifth place with 15, Buffalo with 14, and then you have Ottawa down at the bottom with 11. Ottawa still in a bit of a rebuilding wow. phase right now for uh, for the Atlantic Division. In the Western Conference, you have the Winnipeg Jets currently tied for the Central Division lead with the Dallas Stars at 17 points apiece. The Stanley Cup winning champions Colorado Avalanche are in third place, tied for third uh, with 15 points with the Minnesota Wild. Then you have Arizona and Chicago tied for fifth with 13 points. Nashville in seventh with 11 and St. Louis with eight down at the very bottom man has st louis fallen off since their 2019 uh stanley cup championship and it's weird lou because you know that this is essentially the same exact st louis team you know there's not really anybody different on that squad but that's how things stand right now in the central division and in the Pacific, you have Vegas leading the way with 26 points. And actually, uh, well, now they are tied for the best record in the NHL with the Boston Bruins just picking up a 3-1 victory over the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, in second place, you have the LA Kings with 19 points. Seattle having a pretty good bounce-back second season in the league. Uh, with 18 points so far, tied with Edmonton for third in the Pacific. Uh, Then it drops off from there. You have Calgary in fifth with 12, Vancouver and San Jose tied for sixth with 11, and Anaheim down at the very bottom with nine points. So that's how things look right now in the NHL uh, to, to start off the season through 15 games. So is there uh in your opinion Lou is there anything that is that has really surprised you uh the so far surprised to, to me start off the sure. season uh, the devils have really surprised me I've never seen them this I haven't seen them this one in a long time so they are being the surprise team of course I think of, not just in the division but I think in the um in the Eastern Conference 
Oh, yes, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they've been pretty much at the bottom for hell, Eight years. you know, how long? It's it's been it's been so long that they've that they've been pretty much at the bottom of their uh, at the bottom of yeah. of the NHL. I mean, they're scoring three point six four goals per game, and yeah. they're only giving up two and a half per game. Uh, let me see if I can bring up the stats here real quick because it's I want to see how certain players are faring out to start off the year. Cause I, you know, I remember, I remember we discussed, uh, you know, which players need to make a potential jump moving forward. Yeah. Uh, so far from what I can, from what I can see here, uh, you know, I'm going to take a look real quick at a few specific players. First off, let us go with Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, so far, uh, four goals, ten assists. He's a point-per-game player so far, uh, which compared to last year, last well, last year he actually had a pretty good year, 26 goals, 30 assists in 49 games. So I would expect that we're probably going to see him start to ramp up the scoring. Uh, but being that he's becoming more of an assist guy, it's, Kind of makes sense for him to, for him being a center. Yeah. So, you know, I can't really say I you know I can't really say I'm surprised that we're starting to see him become more of an assist guy. Uh, Eric yeah. Howla, wow, is that a disappointment so far? Eric Howla only four assists in 14 games played. He must be playing on their bottom line or something for for him to barely. No, actually, no. He's seeing, he's seeing second to third line time. Why the hell is he not performing? Yeah. You know that's kind of surprising, considering they traded away Pavel Zacha for Eric Howla, and Howla put up forty four points last year, eighteen goals, twenty six assists with the Boston Bruins. And so far, he is underperforming by a huge margin. Yeah. Uh, looking at Andre Palat, through six games, played three goals. So that's kind of what I expected out of him. He must be injured, I'm assuming. Uh, oh, yeah, he had groin surgery. Oh, boy. Yeah. Okay. So he he will be out for an extended time. And actually, speaking of the Devils, uh, Mackenzie Blackwood, their goaltender, uh, will be out three to six weeks with a MCL sprain, apparently. That's a sprain? Yeah. So now Vitek Vanacek will be their starting goaltender moving forward here until Blackwood is back. But... Uh, they have they have also since called up uh, Nico Dawes in uh, in his absence. But look, just taking a look real quick at Blackwood stats through seven games, four four wins, two losses, two point seven nine goals against average. The save percentage needs work though, only eighty eight percent for saves. So Blackwood, when he comes back, really needs to clamp down on. Uh, 
on may you know on saving some shots because wow is that horrible. So Dawes he has not seen a game yet this year, although he did literally just get called up I think today though. So, but he was ten and eleven last year uh, with the New Jersey Devils, and Vitek Vanacek so far, you know I said. I said in the off season, Lou, that Vanacek was going to be an underrated signing for New Jersey, and take a look at what he has given them so far: a six and one record, with a two point three three goals against average and a ninety point nine save percentage. That's pretty much that's pretty much the numbers that you were seeing out of him when he was with Washington the last two years. Yes. So, you know, overall, Lou, I think it's definitely bright for the Devils uh, moving forward. Yeah. They did just they did just beat the uh, Phoenix Coyotes four to two today. So, yeah. uh, you know, they as long as they keep as long as they keep things up, you know, you could be looking at an at a uh, playoff berth for the New Jersey Devils. As it stands right now, yes. Moving forward here. Uh, Actually, let me t- let me take a look and see who got the goals today. The goals today for New Jersey: uh, Thomas Tatar, Jack Hughes got his fifth, so that's good news mm-hmm. actually for uh, for for people wanting to see development out of Hughes. He did get his fifth goal today. Uh, Bachvist got got his first, and Dougie Hamilton got his fourth in a four to two victory over the Arizona Coyotes today. Uh, some other finals from earlier: the Toronto Maple Leafs with a three-to-two victory over the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Austin Matthews, Jordy Ben, and uh, Engvall picked up the goals for the Toronto Maple Leafs, with Bo Horvat and J.T. Miller picking up the goals for the Canucks in their loss. Boston, like I said, they just finished up three-to-one over the Sabers. Bergeron with two goals and Jacob Zaboral with his first career NHL goal in what is hopefully his first actual healthy season with the Boston Bruins. Uh, And Tej Thompson picked up the lone shorthanded goal for the Buffalo Sabres in the first period. Uh, Let's see the Edmonton Oilers with a four to two victory over the Florida Panthers goals from Tyson Berry Two goals, actually, from Tyson Berry. One from Warren Fogle and another from Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, Sam Bennett with both goals for the Panthers in regulation. The Ottawa Senators, they did pick up a 4-1 to victory over the uh, Philadelphia Flyers. Goals from Thomas Chabot, uh, Alex DeBrincat with two goals, and Tim Stutzel with a goal as well. And Kevin Hayes with the lone goal for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, games that are currently underway, we are in overtime in the Bell Center in Montreal with the Pittsburgh Penguins tied at four apiece with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, the goals in particular, for first for Pittsburgh, we had goals from Jeff Petrie, Ricard Raquel, Evgeny Malkin and uh, Brian McG- or Byron McGinn uh, for Montreal. We had a goal from Josh Anderson, Cole Caulfield, uh, Nick Suzuki, and Sean Monahan. 
let's see. In Long Island, the Columbus Blue Jackets with a three to two or nope, never mind. The Islanders just tied it up three to three. Uh oh, with boy. about seven with about seven minutes to go in the third, uh off of a goal from Mayfield. Uh, Brock Nelson also has two goals for the Islanders tonight with Columbus picking up goals from Sillinger, Bernstrom, and Bjork. Uh, As far as the other team, though, things are not going good so far for the uh, New York Rangers as the Nashville Predators have a 2-1 lead after two periods of play with goals from Parsonen Parsonen and Mark Jankowski. Uh, looks like Chidle is the only one with the goal from the New York Rangers uh, well, through two periods one, of play. So they can come back. It is, yeah, it is two to one, Lou. But here's the thing: the uh, Rangers, the Rangers have 27 shots on goal. The Predators, the Predators have 11 shots on goal. Why? Two goals okay, on that's, 11 that's, shots. That's, that's weird. Yeah, two goals on 11 shots. Okay, something so I, I guess Shesterkin must be asleep or something. The fact that yeah. uh, for some reason, or unless he's not even in net. Let me see who's in net real quick. Uh, no, it's Halak. Okay, that explains it. I guess that, that kind of explains. Uh, it's not Shesterkin. It's it's Yaroslav Halak that's actually in net for the Rangers tonight. Uh, and at the end of one period of play, the Colorado Avalanche have a two to nothing lead over the Carolina Hurricanes off of back to back goals from Kale McCarr, their star defenseman. Uh, games that are set to tip off in just a little bit here at the top of the hour. The Chicago Blackhawks face the Anaheim Ducks. The St. Louis Blues tip off against the Vegas Golden Knights in Vegas. The Winnipeg Jets face off against the Calgary Flames out in Calgary. And the Detroit Red Wings at 1030 take on the LA Kings in Los Angeles. So. Needless to say, a lot of action going on tonight, and it looks like we have um, three, four, five, six games on tap for tomorrow as well. So uh, a little bit of hockey action uh, between tonight and tomorrow. Yeah. Now, you know, go, going back to uh, going back to baseball here, though, uh, we do have obviously, of course. Uh, you know, I'm looking on MLB trade rumors right now. Uh, the one thing I'm noticing, Lou, is yes, everybody seems to be in agreement that the Yankees will keep Aaron Judge. That's and despite the rumors you've heard, the, right? And the the official terms, they believe that Judge will have eight years, three hundred and thirty-two million. Hmm. And the previous extension that he had been offered uh, prior to this past season was seven years, two hundred and thirteen and a half mil. So, 
it's going to be a pretty, you know, if uh, if Cashman wants to keep Judge, he's going to have to break out that checkbook uh, of Steinbrenner's and right. give the man what he wants. I mean, come on, you know, he has a he has a historic year, Lou. How the hell do you not pay him? You better pay him. He's worth it. Right. You know, it's you're not going to get another star, especially homegrown, like Judge. And, you know, and, and, uh, players like this don't come around often, essentially. Once in a generation. Right. And, you know, th- th- honestly, if I, this is me looking at it as a Red Sox fan. This would be like if the Yankees let Derek Jeter go to free agency and Jeter went elsewhere. Right, right. But that didn't happen. The Yankees, no, that didn't happen. But the Yankees need to re-sign Judge, I feel. Yeah. They let Judge go, and I have a feeling you could see some fans start to rebel, especially considering the fact that they decided – no, we're going you know, we're going to keep Aaron Boone and we're going to keep Brian Cashman under contract. When fans are begging the Yankees to fire both of them. Yeah. Now, looking at uh the second highest uh player on the market here, Carlos Correa, who opted out of his deal with the Twins, Right now, it says it says he's projected to make to make nine years, two hundred and eighty eight million dollars. There's a lot of money that's going to be handed out this off season. Yeah. Uh, and out of the four panelists that MLB Trade Rumors has here, three of the four have him going to the Giants to uh, to replace. I, I don't know who they have at shortstop right now, uh, but. Three out of the four have Correa going to the Giants, and one of them has him staying in Minnesota on a bigger contract. Yes. So, I, what are your what are your thoughts, Lou, when it comes to Correa? Because a lot of people assumed that when he signed with Minnesota, they they were kind of surprised at the fact that he signed such a short term deal. Yeah. And. You know, maybe maybe people thought that okay, he was he was kind of doing this just to, you know, maybe he didn't get the contract that he wanted, and you know, he was basically signing a short term deal so that he could opt out and you know try his luck again. Which, I mean, of course, this year, you know, he hit two ninety one with twenty two homers. Uh, across 136 games, so his power output his power output was down just a little bit, but uh, that was pretty much the same thing league wide though for most players. So you know it's still a very solid season for Correa, and you know it's kind of weird that I just I don't see him leaving the Twins, even though three out of the four here have him going to the Giants. Because right now, it looks like the the suitors for Correa 
will be the Dodgers, the Giants, the Phillies, the Red Sox, and those are the you know the first four teams that are mentioned, uh, with the Braves, Cardinals, Mariners, Cubs, Angels, and Orioles also being involved as well. Yes. You kind of have to you kind of have to assume, Lou, that this next deal that Correa signs, it isn't going to be you know, a short-term deal. He is probably going no. to get the contract. I would think that he, that he's, that he wanted this entire time. So what are your thoughts, Lou, on, uh, on Correa and where we may potentially see him? Do you think he stays with Minnesota or do you think he goes elsewhere? No, I think he's going to go elsewhere. I don't, you know, Minnesota has struck me as uh, where where he, Wanted to be. I have no idea where he'll go, but I don't think he's going to stay in Minnesota. I mean, I can t- I can tell you right now, the Phillies would make sense for him. The Dodgers would make sense for him, especially if they lose Trey. If they lose Trey Turner, uh, the Dodgers would make sense. The Red Sox would make sense if the Red Sox decide that they want to spend. And the same thing with the Braves, considering the Braves may lose Dansby Swanson in free agency. So, you know, there's definitely going to be a bunch of shortstop needy teams. The only question is who's going to be willing to fork over that money. Cause I'm not entirely certain that it, I'm not entirely certain that it's that, it, uh, you know, whoever's going to be involved will be based off of, uh, you know, who's in contention you know, who's in contention for a World Series. I don't know if that's going to be uh, his primary concern when it comes to who he signs with. Because, I mean, hell, he signed with the with the Twins. And the Twins were nowhere near contention this year. So, and speaking of Trey Turner, uh, there's a rumor that he is looking to join Bryce Harper out in Philadelphia. Mm. And Bryce Bryce apparently has been lobbying him hard to come to Philly. And the Giants and Dodgers are also uh are also in the mix as well for Trey Turner and the Red Sox to a little bit of an extent, but more than likely he's probably staying in the National League. Uh, and Evaldi is on the uh, Braves list too. Yeah, Evaldi is on the list, and you know from what from what I told you earlier, Lou, uh, I see he, he was offered a qualifying offer for the so- from the Sox. Yes, and yes. I would expect that he's probably going to take that offer. Ah, okay. You know, it's just. And maybe maybe it's an optimist on my it's an optimistic look on my part because I'm a Red Sox fan, but right. I look at it like this. I look at it like this. Nate Eovaldi, I mean, it would have been different if he was a free agent uh, this past off season, coming off of an All Star appearance. You know, I think it would have been different if he was a free agent last year. This year, I mean, he had a he had a good record, you know, a six and three record with a three point eight seven ERA and one hundred and three strikeouts. 
however, though, I think it could have been I think it could have been better if he did not get injured, and I think ultimately that is partially why he may end up accepting that qualifying offer because I mean the qualifying offer for him is nineteen million dollars. I mean, yeah. do you really see him? Do you really see him potentially making nineteen million on the market? No, 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 no. I don't see it. So uh, the deadline, I think, is Tuesday that he has to uh, that he has ten to days. either accept. Oh, it's ten days. Uh, ten days from the start of the closing offer to. Um... To the final decision, yeah. So it's uh, it's uh, the uh, players have ten days to decide. Oh, okay, okay. So, so it'll be next uh, Tuesday. Yes, we're next Monday. Actually. So it'll be okay. It'll be next Tuesday then. So, right. Chances are he's probably going to accept the qualifying offer unless they're able to come to terms with him on a long-term extension, which uh, from what it sounds like, it sounds like the Sox offered him the qualifying offer knowing that he would probably accept it. Uh, But their, you know, their plan is to get him signed to a long-term deal. So I wouldn't really expect the to be going anywhere else on the market. So, I think that's one pitcher that you can probably take off of the market uh, when it comes to potential, you know, potential movement. Uh, Bogarts, on the other hand. Now, I know Bogart, you know, uh, the Sox have been putting out this narrative all, all season long that re-signing Xander Bogarts was going to be their number one priority. But honestly, you know, I just didn't. I just do not see it with how with how they've been, uh, you know, how they've been lowballing him all season long with uh, with the offers that they had put out. And yeah, they have qualified. They they did give him a qualifying offer too, but that's mainly because let's face it, the qualifying offer he was given is lower than the amount of money that he had per year in his remaining deal uh, before he opted out of the contract. And honestly, I mean, just taking a look at his resume, you know, he was a finalist for the Gold Glove at shortstop this year. Uh, Just looking at his resume, you know, a five-time Silver Slugger, a a four-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion. It's – unless the Red Sox actually come at him with a serious offer and not a team-friendly offer, I just – I don't see – I don't see Bogart staying. I think it's more likely – that we would probably see the Red Sox pick up a uh, pick up a draft pick, which, uh, in my understanding, is that the compensatory pick would be a fourth would be after the fourth round uh, if Bogarts leaves, and it would be yes. the same thing with the Evaldi. If the Evaldi rejects it and 
uh, signs elsewhere, then they would also get a, a compensatory pick after the fourth round as well. However, if they had stayed under the tax, they would have received better compensation. However, because they stayed because they stayed over the tax, uh, they have basically, you know, they, they've been penalized essentially. Because um, it says here, so basically. A team that stays under the $230 million competitive balance tax base threshold, uh, they would receive a compensatory pick after the second round for losing a qualified free agent. And in Boston's case, they were over. So it's at, instead, of the, instead of after the second round, it's after the fourth round that they would get uh, a draft pick if they lose either Bogarts or Eovaldi. But uh, let's bring in Alex. Uh, Alex, welcome to the show. Uh, hey, what's up, guys? We've been... All right. Nothing much, man. Uh, we've been talking about the uh, about the upcoming free agent class, or I shouldn't say upcoming because it's happening right now, uh, the MLB free agent class this year and certain players that... Uh, you know, we may see switch teams or maybe they'll end up staying. Uh, you know, I want to get your thoughts real quick because uh, we talked about this right up, right from the start. Do you think there's any shot whatsoever that the Yankees let Aaron Judge go? Man, I really uh, – I'm kind of leaning – he might, he might come back now. I get a little bit of a feeling – I think it's helping him out. I, I, I think DeGrom's gone from New York, but speaking of Aaron Judge, I think he's – I don't know. I think he's going to stay. For some reason, I, I, he seems like – I think he's come around to the idea of uh, staying in the Bronx. Um, I, read, I read something during the week a few days ago that he mentioned he uh, – sometimes during the season he would, he would think and kind of like kick himself that he didn't sign such a massive deal already. So right. I think that as maybe he's kind of hinting that he's – that he is indeed coming back. And he's a classy guy. I never would question his personality or character at all. I think if he leaves, it's just he really does. He, You know, he would want to go home. But I think he's kind of built an empire in the Bronx. He's, he's beloved. He's the king of the Bronx. They love him in New York. So right. I think when it all yeah, said and done, I don't think he was a posturing in like a classless, like a, a, in, in, in a bad way. He's just a great player. So he bet on himself and – I think he uh, he held off on signing last year to to drive up his own price, and I think he's going to get handsomely rewarded. So he can whatever number he comes up with. Uh, I think Cashman and the Yankees are going to are going to give him that money. Well, yeah, I mean, you take a look at the offer that he was given uh, before the season began. He was given a seven-year, two hundred and thirteen and a half million dollar offer. So that would have been over thirty million dollars per year. He turned that wow. down. And now uh, he is projected. He's projected to make eight years, three hundred and two million dollars on this market, which oh. is going to absolutely destroy the. Uh, I believe the record that was set by Machado. I think it was. Yes, that's massive. That's unbelievable. Yeah. So it's yeah. going to be. 
you know, it's going to be a pretty hefty price that the Yankees or any team that signs him is going to have to is going to have to fork over here. Well, I mean, I think he proved love or hate the Yankees. I mean, I think honestly, right now he's the best. I definitely, he's the best hitter in baseball right now. Proud hasn't oh, been I healthy. Agree. They, absolutely. I mean, he he went far and away in the most crucial season in his career. He rose to the occasion and then some. He had one of the best best Yankee seasons ever in a, in a walk year. So yeah, I mean, honestly, yeah. what would he could his agent could just say, nope, that's not enough. Nope, keep going, keep going north, keep going more and more. I think he really has him hostage. They can almost name the yeah. number. Because you know what I mean, and Lou, you're a huge Yankee fan. You know this. I mean, they would get destroyed. Oh, yeah. I mean, they would get crushed if they didn't give him what he wants. That would linger. That bad exactly. smell would linger in the Bronx for for half a decade. People would be pissed until Cashman were fired. Longer, I think. Longer, longer. But yeah, I think it would spell doom. It would uh, punch Cashman's ticket out of town if he doesn't secure Judge's services long term. I mean, they wouldn't be able yeah. to live that down. And yeah, Cashman, you know, you know, you guys I know he's of... already he's already on thin ice. I think Cashman would be gonzo. Yeah, I you know I kind of I kind of equated this to if the Yankees were to let Derek Jeter hit free agency and he ended up leaving, I feel this yeah, would be the equivalent good. of yeah. that. Sounds about right. You know, but, yeah, yeah, it, it would be the worst be... free agent loss in Yankees history. Exactly, yeah. and I mean, you know, it's it's more like. You look at you look at the numbers that he put up, and then you realize that the, these were numbers that were put up as a leadoff hitter. He put these numbers as a leadoff I'll quit, hitter. I'll quit the Brooks. I'll quit repeating myself. But yeah, it's still fascinating why they hit him leadoff. But that's another topic. Yeah, it's the best. It's God. I mean, Mantle, DiMaggio, Ruth. Is it maybe the best Yankee season? I mean, it was amazing. I mean, I am just, I'm just astonished at the, at the fact that he was able, you know, he was able to put up the numbers that he put up. Yeah, unbelievable. I just, just completely surprised. And, you know, now I'm looking at, I'm looking at, uh, at. The you know the number that he would potentially get in free agency and just wow I mean th- this is definitely the type of contract you know that you would be looking for if you're a Yankee if or if you're if you're a player who just had a, who just had a historic season like he did that would definitely be at least the starting you know or the, well not the starting point but that would be a number that you would definitely be looking for moving forward uh, for him. So, you know, it's a pretty bit, it's going to be, it's going to cost whatever team take, whatever team gets him. Cause I know San Francisco has been rumored as a potential destination as well. Cause yeah. he is from California. Well, it's a rumor. So, well, I guess he wants to go home again. It is a rumor. Yes. The, like keep in mind, it is a rumor, but it's still, it's possible that he may potentially, if if the Yankees decide to lowball him, and not give him what he wants, uh, you know damn well that 
the uh, that the Giants and also I've heard the Dodgers may be in on him as well because hell, who are the Dodgers uh, not yeah. in on? Right. <laughs> yeah. they, they print out money for fun over there. They, they're in oh, on, yeah. They're in on yeah. one of the brothers. Yeah, because aren't they aren't they owned by uh, aren't they owned by Magic Johnson? He's one of the owners. He's one, of the owners one of the owners. Okay. Yeah, they're Yankees West with that with that payroll. Not knocking yeah, so, them, but it's what it is. They're always in on yeah. everyone. Yeah. So they're basically they're essentially printing money over there. So. You know, it's definitely uh, it'll be I, I, it'll be very interesting to see where Aaron Judge ends up landing in free agency here, and I would not I would not be surprised at all if he stays in New York because I believe that that you know honestly you you look at you look at New York you look at uh, you look at L A and you look at San Francisco. Okay, maybe he could go to L.A., but I don't think they have the money, the Yankees, especially if if uh, Steinbrenner starts feeling that pressure from Yankee fans. I think you're definitely going to see you're definitely going to see uh, the Yankees make a huge push. I mean, obviously they're going to make a huge push, anyways. But I think uh, that extra pressure may end up forcing Steinbrenner's hand. Yep, and they and they were disappointed. They fell short of their goal once again. And as you guys know, there's been so much talk about this. They're, everyone's watching this move. I mean, they're going to absolutely blast. They're going to blow their bank and just – they're going to throw them everything. It's just a matter of does he really want to go to his childhood home or does he want to kind of stay in his new home in the Bronx? I don't think money's right. going to be the, the issue. He can name his money. It's, it's whoever, wherever coast he wants to play on, whichever coast. Yeah, and you know, gonna here's get the thing too. Here's the yeah. thing too. Uh, should we consider Judge to be the first domino? Like, could we see other free agents mm-hmm. wait to see where Judge is going to sign first? Yeah, I kind of thought that too. You know, it takes one domino to fall, and then everything else goes out of place. Yeah, and I, I mean, we see it every single leave. season. If Judge does leave, the Yankees will quickly get like a Trey Turner. I think they should get Verlander. Yeah. I don't care what the age is. It's like I think if the Yankees trade, trade Judge, that's the end of the Yankees for about the next decade. But I think if, if they got, if they could do like uh, Verlander and someone else, kind of ease the pain if he does leave. I, the Yankees still need a, a big time starter. I think. Yeah, they are. They are going to need to. Uh, I, I can already tell you right now, they're not going to get Degrom because Degrom, he has come out and said that I shouldn't say he's come straight out, but according to what's been spread around the internet, uh, he will only sign with two teams, either the Rangers or the Astros. He's made it abundantly clear, apparently, to his agent that he wants. Wow. The Rangers or the Astros. He will not he's just, consider. Isn't he Florida? Isn't he from Florida? That's obviously he's looking at Texas. Uh, yes, he he was born he was born in Deland, Florida. Yeah. There's really no one. I mean, Tampa couldn't afford him for a week, let alone for a contract. And he's right. not going to go to Miami. So does that eliminate? I mean, they're not going to pretty much. I mean, they're not going to pay both him and Glasnow, so. 
Uh, yeah. No. Um, yes, I guess that's just point. I, that's, that's weird. You know, who knows? Maybe he's got a fiance or maybe he's got businesses in Texas. But, yeah, that's certainly pinpointing Texas. Wait a second. Was the agent or was was any are any of the rumors like is it the Mets if if not the Mets it's Houston or Texas no the like, Mets are those, like, the Mets are dead the Mets are gone yeah the Mets the Mets are dead as far as as far oh. as I've been able to tell as far as I've been able to tell he couldn't get out of New York fast enough wow well you know what he was beloved and. As a Mets fan, he had some great moments, but he, I mean, he looked so injury prone. And then he really, he really lost his, he lost a little bit of his luster when he came back this year. He, he wasn't, he wasn't helping when they were free falling. So, yeah, but I think, you know, I think there, I think, I, I think when he was healthy though, Alex, his whole, the, he's probably sick and tired of having to carry the whole team. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They finally got a good enough like, team around him, and then he uh, got injured. He's ready for an. I think he's just ready for a new start somewhere. Like to where he won. He won back-to-back Cy Young awards, despite his record not being Cy Young award material because of the fact that the Mets just could not score to save their life whenever he started. Mm-hmm. I think that right there is probably weighing on him as well. The fact that you know they can't score period just uh, you know whenever uh whenever he had like when he was throwing out gems uh it was basically essentially for nothing yeah it really was he was probably, he probably just got very very frustrated i don't blame him that was happening for 3 or 4 or 5 years they literally would not score runs for him and then some guy with yeah. a 5 ERA would the next night and they'd win 8-6 i don't know how many times right He'd get a no decision, one zero or two to one. It was absurd. now you mentioned Justin Verlander. Yeah, you mentioned Justin. You mentioned you mentioned Justin Verlander. I would I would be surprised if he leaves Houston. Okay. I think he's going to be done soon anyway. I mean, he is he is now thirty nine years old. So. Wow. Yeah, maybe Kate, you know, Kate up in the model the model wife. They might like a little New York, but maybe they're not fans of New York. Well, he's 39 years old, but remember, but remember, he he's he's coming off of a season where he's likely going to get his third Cy Young award. So he may be 39, uh, but you know, doesn't mean he's doesn't mean he's done. I mean, uh, just looking at yeah, early projections here, just looking at early projections here, they have him projected to make about three years, 120 million for this next deal. Wow. Now, granted, it's a projection. Doesn't mean it's actually gonna gonna turn out that way. But uh, that's quite a huge chunk of change that he's gonna be taking home here. This very first, uh, you know, this ver- this uh, this upcoming contract. So. Wow. Yeah, he has, he's also fresh off getting a ring. It's like hard to justify him leaving. Oh, we just won a World Series, right. and I'm 40 years old. I'm made for life. I have a supermodel wife. Oh yeah, now I need to go. Uh, now I need to get like reroute myself somewhere else. Doesn't really make sense. I can. I, I like what you said. I think it's just gonna stay put. He's got it made in the shape. 
Yeah, well, you know, I mean, he could he could he could definitely retire and go out on top if he feels yeah. like it. But this is, you know, I hate to throw I hate to throw out this comparison, but it's kind of like Tom Brady. You know, Brady retired from football this off season after having an MVP caliber season, and it's like, why should you retire just to retire? If you're still playing at a yeah. high level, you know, you're still That's playing true. at a high level, why not, uh, you know, why, why not stay, basically? Yeah, I mean, I would I would want to keep going. Who knows, maybe, maybe his wife seems really cool, though. She doesn't seem like a Giselle where she's uh, really just totally trying to call all the shots. So... I think right. he's got the green lights around. I haven't heard any rumblings of a retirement, but I'd probably I'd, I'd say they'd, just, they'd give him a blank check, like twenty five million for one year, thirty million something. Right. Yeah, I mean, Amazing you know, money. they uh, they even threw out a uh, they even threw out a shot at Tom and Giselle uh, with one of the comments that they had uh, that they had made uh, yeah. immediately following the game. So. You know, it's definitely. I, th- I think you're definitely uh, gonna see Verlander for. I would say at least maybe two more years, unless unless something happens where he all of a sudden has a massive drop off. Which, to be honest, I don't see that happening. I considering how he pitched this year, I don't see him having a massive drop off. So I would see him maybe one, two more years. I don't think he would sign a three-year deal. I would be surprised if he plays if he plays until he's forty-two. But uh, I mean, we've seen it before. You know, we've seen it before with uh, with pitchers playing until yeah. un, until their early forties. So, yeah, uh, yeah, they have. Now, one of the one of the intriguing names on this list, uh, in my opinion, is Kodai Senga. This guy is basically he he's coming over from Japan from the SoftBank Hawks uh, of the uh, of the MPB, the the uh, Nippon Professional Baseball League. And Japan, right? Ba- yeah, over in Japan, he had a he had a sensational one point a one point nine four ERA through one hundred and forty four innings last uh, last season. Over in Japan, and over the past four seasons, he hasn't posted an ERI or an ERA higher than two point seven nine in any of the last four seasons, and not to mention during that time, he posted a combined 2.39 ERA in 530 innings, tallying a 28.8% strikeout rate along the way. And Mariners president of basketball or of baseball operations, Jerry DePoto, actually told MLB.com's John Morosi just this week that he views Senga as an impact pitcher in the majors if he were to officially be posted uh you know if he if he were to be posted officially by uh by his team uh 
some do see him as a pitcher who could make an immediate impact on a team. Like think think Daisuke Matsuzaka, except without the gyro ball in his first year in Major League Baseball, or Masahiro Tanaka uh, before he sucked with New York. You know, it's and right right now yeah. some of the teams that they have listed here. Uh, they got the Red Sox, they got the Cubs, they have the Padres. Uh, there's also probably a couple of others who are going to be uh, in the uh, in the mix as well for him. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Uh, let's see. I think do we have Diane joining us? Yes. Hey, well, welcome to welcome to the show, Diane. Uh, by the way, congratulations on your uh, on your New Jersey Devils uh, getting yep. off to, uh, to such a hot start that they have this season. Thank you. I wish it. Could, I only wish it could continue. It will. Yeah. It, it probably good. will. It probably will. Good. Good. I mean, even though they don't have they don't have Mackenzie Blackwell for. Uh, the next couple of weeks, due to his uh, due to his groin injury, so they do have Vanacek though uh, in that who's yeah, actually yeah. who's actually performing pretty well. So, uh, well, he was the capital. <laughs> yeah, well, Steve, isn't it actually Blackwood, not Blackwell? Yeah, it's Blackwell. Oh yeah, Black. Blackwood, oh, did I say did I say Blackwell? Yeah, I mean Blackwell. Yes, you did. Yes, they're on the they're on the Blackwell list this year. Oh, no. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and uh, no, no, I mean I'm I'm at I'm at Blackwood. Yeah. Uh, I don't I don't know where I got Blackwell from. Uh, Blackwell but, list. Yeah. You probably you know, you know, Mc- last name. You know, I mean, Mackenzie Blackwood, uh, he's been all right, but I think I, I think he was only the backup goaltender though, because Vanacek seems to have right. the majority of the starts this year. Yes, but still, you know, the Devils are off to probably their best start that they've had in God knows how long. So, it's the last time they went to the Cup final. Yes, I wish probably, they would go to the probably. finals again. Well, you know, it's weird because uh, Lou and I, Lou and I, were talking earlier before uh, before both you and Alex had joined us that it kind of seems like this year the NHL has completely turned upside down. Like yeah, for now, you're seeing teams that should be contenders. You're seeing teams that should be contenders now. Instead, they're in the cellar, and yet you're right. seeing teams that should be in the cellar are now contenders. Are you saying the devil should be in the cellar? Are you saying the devil should be in the cellar? Well, what I'm saying is, you know, they've been in the cellar of their of their division for you know the the past however many years since they uh, since they last were in the Stanley Cup playoffs. So right. you know, it just it, it's really weird because it's like a complete polar reversal where. Yeah. You know, normally you would see the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and now 
uh, the way things are going, if things continue this way, it looks like they're probably going to miss out on the playoffs entirely. Right. The polar, okay. The poor vortex is really making a shit in hockey, isn't it? Oh, God. Yeah. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah, it's, that's a good thing. I want the Devils to be in the playoffs. I know you do. I mean, ever since well, they lost I mean, Taylor Hall, that's been their problem. And, yeah, but uh, yeah, uh, you know, it seems like they're uh, fixed their problem. And and also the fact also the fact that they uh, gave up Pavel Zacha this uh this off season for uh Eric Halva, who by the way has done absolutely nothing since joining New Jersey. Uh, you know, I really thought that maybe perhaps they might take a potential step back offensively, but yet they're scoring around three and a half goals per game. So definitely you know, the offense definitely isn't a problem so far. Right. Um who is this did Eric play on a team before? Uh, Eric Howla was he was with Boston last year, but I believe yes. he was previously. I think he was a member of the Wild, the Minnesota Wild, if I remember correctly. If I recall that, yes. Yeah, he was. Okay. Or no, 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 no. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. He was with Minnesota. Then he went to Vegas, then Carolina, then Florida, then Nashville, then made his way to Boston. So he's basically a journeyman. But well, this uh, guy gets around. <laughs> oh Both yeah. Of them do. But the, you know the weird thing. I, I guess the weird thing I'm finding here is that you know he had a bounce back season last year at eight, 18 goals and 26 assists for Boston, and yet so far this year, he only has four assists, and he's played uh, you know, he's played minutes on the second or third line, and he's played, I believe, in every single game so far for New Jersey, so it's kind of a bit of a surprise, because, you know, it, it just it really seems like so far uh, even though New Jersey is where they are right now. Uh, they seem to have lost that trade of uh, of Zacha for Eric Howla straight up so far. Mm-hmm. Is that Zacha? Zaka. Zach, right, Zaka. Oh, is it? Oh, it's Zaka. Okay, because yeah. they because they over here they've pronounced it Zacha for some reason. Well, it depends oh, okay. on the accent. Yeah, let's be. But, is Zajac still a devil, or did he retire? Uh, how could he not score a goal in this period? Uh, Zajac? Yeah, Travis Zajac. Uh, yeah, I believe he retired, yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, he retired after last year. I believe when okay. that was one of Diane's favorites. When he played with, uh, um, he, he yeah, got traded. Well, he got traded to the Islanders with Kyle Palmieri, and then yeah. after that, he became an unrestricted free agent, and he 
retired with the Devils on a one-day contract. So, okay, I never yeah, was a big actually, fan of that. No, you're you're not a big fan of a of one-day contract. No, no, I think it's dumb. You know, you retired and whatnot. Oh, just let me sign one more meaningless contract. It doesn't mean anything because you actually play it. You're just, you know, sign one contract just just retire with uh, who you want to retire with. I mean, that's not right. I mean, retire. You're not well, you're not going to get anything else out of it. No, but it's more it's more of an honorary sort of thing, so that he can. I okay. mean, he spent his All right. entire. I'll, t- I'll give you that. You know, he spent for he, honor he spent yes. his entire career. Yeah, he spent his entire career with the New Jersey Devils until he got well, traded to uh to the Islanders. So you well, know, it's it's like wisely deserved. He Yeah, it's like he wanted to retire as a member of the New Jersey Devils. So you know, they uh, ultimate, ultimately he signed a one day, a one day deal to retire as a devil. That's that's kind of like uh that's kind of, that's kind of like what Tom Brady might do, you know, with the uh, with the Patriots. Maybe he will, uh, whenever he does decide to officially retire for good this time, uh, he'll sign a Giselle. one day. Well, yeah, with the, with Giselle. No yeah, I think he'll do with the Buccaneers. Who knows oh, when Giselle, he'll retire? Uh, what do I do here? Uh, you know, oh boy, I can make a trip with this all night. I'll tell you this though, you know, going over uh, transitioning over to football here, I'm kind of surprised that the Buccaneers are in the playoff picture at four and five, and the only reason being is because the NFC South absolutely sucks. Yeah, that's the only reason why they're in, even in the playoff picture, is because every single team in that division is below 500 and if the Buccaneers win uh, tomorrow which by the way it's an early game because they're playing in Munich Germany so yeah uh, they have a what is it Lou 930 start I think 930 p.m. 930 a.m. over here if you're in uh, Alaska it's 530 a.m. so go take your choice oh Jesus yeah that's I Well, I'm in the I'm in the east, so I'm I'm in Massachusetts. Oh, so you're that's in the east. Uh, okay. yeah. 9:30 a.m. Yeah, yeah. So that'll be 9:30 here. Uh, <laughs> and get this: this is not going to be a one-time deal either for uh, Germany. So they're planning to play in Germany over the next four years. Yeah, I kind of expected that. Do you think that? Is that's a good thing that they're playing in these other countries? Sure, international exposure. Okay. And remember, exactly. For those of you who are, for those of you old enough to remember, uh, this is not the first time that Germany has had, you know, football, you know, in their area. Once upon a time, thirty years ago, we had what was called the World League, and Germany had a team in Frankfurt. No longer I've never heard of it. It didn't last that long, Diane. You didn't miss I, much either. Yeah. I, okay. No. Like, I like, wonder I've never heard of it. But uh, Alex, what are you? What are your thoughts on the uh, on where the Buccaneers stand right now? Do you think that 
there's, I mean, we talked about this uh, either last week or the week before when Jim was on uh, with us. Do you think there's a conceivable road that maybe perhaps the Buccaneers could potentially make a run uh, this season? Yeah. When you have Tom Brady and like Mike Evans and Fournette and these guys, they're always going to be dangerous, right? You got the goat. They're not right. They're not going to be prohibitive, but they're they're a live dog. They can they can make big damages. They can definitely they can go definitely go on a run. And that's a bad division. They win and get in. Once they get in the playoffs, they can beat anyone. Right. Brady's not dangerous anymore. You don't think you don't think Brady's dangerous anymore, Diane? Oh, maybe not. He, I don't think he's been playing that as well as he could. As well as he could. I know he had stuff going on, but still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the I guess yeah. I guess the thing we have to look at here is, is it Brady, or is it his team? I think maybe it's his team because. Because Brady does, you know, just uh, just looking at, at looking at his numbers. I mean, yeah, his numbers are kind of low compared to what the what you know what you're used to seeing out of him. But at the same time, they are dealing with instead instead of an offensive uh, head coach like Bruce Arians. You know, they now have a defensive head coach in Todd Bowles. So clearly, you know, calling calling offensive plays isn't part of his, uh, you know, isn't isn't part of his uh, his forte, if you will. So, yeah, it's a weird thing. Does call offensive plays? <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, Alex, Alex, what were you gonna say? Yeah, it's an odd fit. I mean, we we spoke about that a couple of weeks ago too. It's just an odd parent. They they should have gone with more of an offensive guru. Like Arians was a great coach for him, but here they gotta they gotta find someone else to be that head coach. I think, assuming Brady's back. Right, and you know, I'm actually I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the thing right now. Uh, he has ten touchdowns and nine picks, or I mean, not, not nine picks, one pick. He has ten touchdowns and one pick. So I can't really say that it's, you know, on Brady because the numbers are there. I mean, taking a look at the yardage, the yardage is there. You know, he can still throw for over three hundred. Uh. You know, I really think that, and also part of part of it too is the fact that he's been sacked a whole bunch of times as well, which is obviously not not helping things here. Uh, you know, I think uh, I think a big part of it may uh, may potentially be, you know, just the fact that he isn't really, you know, the plays that they're calling aren't plays that he that he's uh that he's used to as a as a uh, as a as a uh, quarterback you know he's he's Great. used to being able to get to run the offense the way he wants to plus their offensive line is banged up it's just a 
it's a myriad. It's a, it's all those reasons. It's a bad combination of what's going on with them. And then, uh, and then they've had a ton of injuries. Every every couple of weeks, there's new receivers coming in, tight ends leaving. Just been a mess. So yeah, it's tough. It's tough to right. say. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if he's definitely regressed. I think. He, I, I don't know. It's tough to tell if it's him or if it's. There's a lot of different things that are up in the air over there. But I think I still think they can go on a run. We'll see. Not likely, but it's Tom Brady. I would never, uh, you know, count him out yet. Exactly. You know, you can't. You can't really. You can't really count him out, uh, considering the fact that he is. Uh, arguably the greatest quarterback to have ever played the game. And, I mean, honestly, just looking at these numbers, I can't really say that these are really, you know, that that he's really the problem at all. Because, I mean, you take a look at – he's had a banged-up Chris Godwin this year. He had a banged-up uh, – uh, Mike Evans, I believe, was was banged up a little bit as well. Uh, you know, he's been playing with banged up receivers, receivers that can't make catches. So I'm not all that certain that the, that this is on him. Yeah, I don't well, see him wanting that. Maybe it's all on him, but something has to be on him. Well, yeah, maybe some of it, like some of the some of the decisions that he's made, but you know, I, just just looking at it from uh, from 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 a perspective here, it just kind of seems like it makes you wonder if things would have been if things would be different right now if Bruce Arians was the head coach as opposed to Todd Bowles. I definitely think it would have made a good, a positive yeah. difference. It would have made a difference. Mm-hmm. Well, you know the fact the fact that that Arians calls more, uh, Arians calls more offensive plays as opposed to, as you know he. If anything, I would say this: Arians let Brady run the game a yeah. lot more compared to Bulls so far. Because yeah. when Brady's allowed to run the game, he's good. Yeah. But when he's not allowed to run the game, he's not, he's not so good. I don't believe the score I just got here. What? You guys are going to love this. Now, you've often heard me say that Vanderbilt has the most pathetic, probably the most pathetic football team there is in college football. Yes. Guess what? What? They won. I know. Oh, who did they beat? It. I don't believe it. Who did they beat? Kentucky. Yeah, that's kind of honestly that's kind of embarrassing for Kentucky. I mean, even though Vanderbilt is part of the SEC, that's kind of embarrassing for Kentucky. It's kind of embarrassing. The period. They Man, they're the suckiest team that ever did suck in the history of college football. Right. Well, apparently not anymore. Well, it's it's yeah. just kind of, it's just kind of embarrassing though the fact the fact that they couldn't they couldn't beat a team like Vanderbilt who 
you know, they've just – I don't think they've ever been good in any sport, have they? Baseball, baseball. Oh, yeah, baseball. But, uh, Look at the Rangers have a baseball team. Oh, they do, and they're very good. They have uh, – didn't they have Kumar Rocker and uh, uh, Lighter's uh, son? Yes, especially Rocker. And I'm still pissed off that Boston uh, didn't decide to draft either of them. Well, actually, they couldn't. Sorry, they had no choice. They had no choice when it came to uh, to lighter. They couldn't draft him anyways because he was already taken before Boston even even came up. But uh, I was really pissed off that they had the opportunity uh, to draft a Rocker and they didn't. So, but. Regardless, uh, it is definitely – Vanderbilt is not one of those teams that you're used to uh, seeing win in football. And also, uh, while we're on the topic of college football, uh, Alabama, despite their win against Ole Miss, they are not eligible for the SEC championship now. Nope. Because they have been eliminated from SEC title contention, and uh, because of their win over Ole Miss, LSU has officially clinched the SEC West. Oh, Thanks how the money has fallen! Thanks to LSU's win over Arkansas, which, by the way, I'll say here you want to, you know you want to talk about incompetent coaching. Take a look at Arkansas and their offensive coordinator, Kendall Bryles. Oh, my God. Uh, like, you want, you want to talk about the king of screen passes? You want to talk about an offense that knows nothing but screen passes? You take a look at Arkansas. Yeah. It is, it's, it's disgusting to the point of where uh, they're actually starting to see long-term donors uh, refusing – to donate to Arkansas now unless they fire Kendall Bryles as their offensive coordinator. That's literally how bad he is. Yeah. You think they're going to do it? Uh, they might if they start well. losing funding. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're going to start losing funding, let's not forget the donators hold a lot of power. That's because if they withhold if they withhold their checks, that's a lot of money that's not going to be going towards the uh, towards the university. That is true. And by the way, we do have an update here. Uh, I'm stunned that this is a final, but Boston College actually won a football game, and it's an upset over NC State, twenty-one to twenty. 16th ranked NC State falls to Boston College. Wow. Also, Boston uh, went into Oregon and just came back. They won. They beat the Ducks. Oh, wow. Yeah, 37-34. Yeah, I'm just seeing that now. Uh, North Carolina is in a dogfight right now with Wake Forest. 34-33. Uh, Wake Forest with a slim one-point lead, but uh, North Carolina is in is in the red zone right now. So 
Uh, and North Carolina, with a win, they will clinch the ACC Coastal. Oh, was that a fake pass? I have no idea what I'm just seeing right now. If that was a fake pass or if it was a pass that was deflected and then went back to the quarterback. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what the hell I just saw here. Where is Wake Forest? Oh, Wake Forest, they are six and three right now, the uh, the Demon Deacons. Huh. They're yeah, unranked. I always thought it was going to basketball school. I mean, what state of Wake Forest then? Oh, um, North Carolina, Carolina, I think. Oh, is it? Is oh, it North okay. Carolina? Yeah, because uh, they're close rivals with Duke. Oh, that's right. That's right. Why did I think it was Maryland for some reason? I'm thinking I'm... You know, I thought that too, uh, to be honest with you at first. Yeah, I thought thought they were were from Maryland. I don't know why. I did too. You're not alone here. Uh, Yeah, that did actually go final just now. Washington upsetting Oregon. 37 to 34. Oh, boy. Uh, Michigan, I'm surprised that they only put up 34 points on Nebraska. I thought they were going to absolutely destroy Nebraska, even by a larger margin. I don't think they even covered the spread. Where's Tom Osborne when you need him, though? Who's that? He was the coach of Nebraska back in the 90s, and they were a dominant team. Now, oh, brother. Uh-huh. Oh no, they did co- they did cover the spread actually. Michigan Michigan was the favorite by twenty nine and a half, so they did cover. Wow. Uh, let's see. Penn State with a thirty to nothing shutout of Maryland, and I don't think I think Tua's brother is still injured. Uh, dear. No, his brother did. No, his his brother did play. His brother just sucked today. For some reason, yeah, they got smoked. Who was rather played for Penn State or Maryland? Yeah, Maryland, Maryland got shut Maryland. out, thirty to nothing to Penn State. So, mm-hmm. uh, so where is Tua's brother playing? Uh, he's the quarterback for uh, for Maryland. For Maryland. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's see some other. It's here. Uh, Purdue upset Illinois 31-24. Do we have any other notable? I don't think there's any other. Yeah, no, there's no other notable upsets so far. But uh, right now, Syracuse is getting absolutely destroyed by Florida State 38-3. Yeah. That's Kind of a bit of a fall that Syracuse is having after getting off to such a hot start uh, to start off their season. I think that what have they lost their last three games? Come crashing back down to earth. Yeah, they've come. They've come completely crashing down, crashing back down to earth so far. Uh, Let's see. We also have uh, Texas A&M. They are being. Man, they're being handled right now by Auburn, thirteen to three. But and that's a, you know that's another team that's kind of crashed down ever since uh, 
ever since, honestly, ever since Johnny Manziel left, I think, mm-hmm. you know, Texas A&M hasn't really been uh, the same type of program. For yeah, the most part. I, I mean, I, I remember they used to be contenders. Yeah. They've lost some luster, that's for sure. And, by the way, uh, North Carolina has come back to take the lead, so it's 36-34 with about two minutes and 12 seconds to go. So Wake Forest does have a chance uh, to go back down into uh, into field goal position. So let's see. Uh, some other bits of information Oh, you know what? Actually, let us go into the NBA because yeah. uh, we got to talk. We got to talk about uh, about the Nets and the fact that they are now four and one since Kyrie Irving got suspended. Actually, no, they're five and one. I think since Kyrie got suspended. Yeah. I think it's four or no? Yeah. No, it is four and one. Four and one. Do they play better when Kyrie isn't there? Uh, apparently, so far. and I think the new coach is making quite an impact too. Right, the new yeah, coach. Vaughn. Right, Jean- that guy. Where did he come from? Where did he uh, come from? He's been all over. He's oh, been yeah, with okay. for a while. He played yeah. for Kansas. He's been there assistant coach for a while. Yeah, I believe he was no. there. He was their assistant, I think. Yes, he uh, was during the bubble, during the bubble year. I think he was, or no, he was the interim coach during the bubble uh, year. Right. Yeah, so, the players like him. They're he, great defense. They're responding to him. Yeah, he, he's uh, been their assistant he, he since got, got uh, twenty sixteen. They, they removed the interim tag and gave him the job. Good for him. Yeah. And Nash Honestly, is on. Uh, Nash I think is uh, Udoka was going to get the job. I mean, Udoka, you know, I think is. They're still reeling from his little uh, incident that happened over the year and last year, and I don't think the Nets were going to go with that, you know, with that reputation with uh, Udoka. If any no, team was smart, no team would go with that reputation. Right. I uh, know, but Diane, there yeah. was some, there was, uh, uh, there was some, you know, incidents that you know that caused him to leave the Celtics, and you know they're they're thinking of. Uh, the Nets getting him, but after looking over that, I said, uh-uh, forget it. We're not taking this bozo. Right. We don't want that on our Yeah, and you, know, and you know, I agree. Even though I'm a Celtics fan, uh, Ime should not uh, – it's 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 kind of like once you already cross that – I mean, granted, he didn't really do anything wrong, but it's like once you cross that line, uh, you know – like uh, in basically getting into a into a ro- into a romantic relationship with a member of of the staff, or I don't know if she was a member of the staff or if she was. I think she was a member of the front office. But regardless, when when you get into a romantic relationship uh, with somebody, I don't think it was the staff. I think it was the front office. And then turns off as also staff. Yeah, but I'm you know I'm, okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to I'm trying to think if she was staff or front office because I forget what they had said. But 
it's still technically the same thing. It's it. I don't think I don't think it was a, I don't think it was a coach because I know we did have a female coach at one point, uh, a female yeah. assistant, but I don't think it was a coach. I think it was I think it was somebody. I think it was so. I think it was somebody from the front office. So, but still, you know, I mean, granted, it's granted, it's uh, you know, there's no rule against uh against that, but still, you know, no. when you're, it's kind, it's kind of like that. That's part of the reason why Brooklyn backed off from him is the fact that right. uh, there was apparently a very, according to multiple sources, there was a very strong voice within the Nets organization, or voices, I should say, and those voices were all of the female employees of the Nets organization that vehemently were against the Nets going after Udoka. So uh, this was, yeah, yeah, obviously with good reason, but definitely with good, with good reason. I mean, if anything, you know, I hate, I hate to call him a predator because at first it sounded like it was a, Mm -hmm. uh, it was a consensual relationship at first from what it sounded like, but then all of a sudden she went back on her statement and, and ended up not being a consensual relationship, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but still, this is basically. I wouldn't say predator, no. You wouldn't say predator? No. And jackass maybe, but I don't know about predator. Right. It's you know it's 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 weird it's it's weird when it comes when it comes to Udoka because, uh, I mean it's at first it was announced as it it, it was described as a consensual relationship, which normally it's like okay if it's consensual then what's the problem here? I, I guess it's because you know they're coworkers so therefore technically. It's a conflict of interest, maybe. I don't know. But, uh, you know, there were a lot of women in the Nets organization that were very uncomfortable with bringing in Udoka. And that's what caused, uh, jo- that's what caused owner Joe Tsai to, uh, to backtrack. And by the way, this is about to go final. I think North Carolina, they, uh, Wake Forest just had a turnover on downs, so it looks like North Carolina is probably going to hang on here at 36-34, which, which if so, they will clinch the ACC Coastal uh, Division. But, uh, you know, with with Udoka, I mean, there's, there's a lot there's been a lot of talk from players that it that his whole situation has been completely overblown and that it shouldn't have been reacted to the way that it was i mean uh multiple players have spoken out about it jalen brown uh marcus smart tatum uh among yeah. the among the many celtics who have spoken out about this uh saying how it was it was overblown but you know, it's. I think that the Mets organization made the right move here by going with Vaughn because I feel I still feel that Vaughn should have gotten the job 
coming out of the coming right. out of the bubble. Yes. I think he should have gotten the job coming out of the bubble, even though they got swept in the bubble playoffs. That's maybe why he didn't get the job. That yeah, that's probably why he didn't get the job to begin with, and they ended up going with Steve Nash at first. But I mean, uh, in the ten and games you know that he did, yeah, yeah. Now obviously Nash is gone, and instead they went with Vaughn for. Uh, for at least, at the very least, the remainder of the season here. Oh, and, you know, uh, so far, well, yeah, obviously, unless something else happens here. Uh, but it looks like it's going to be Vaughn because uh, they did remove the interim tag from his yes. uh, from his title. So, I mean, they are doing better with him than they were with Nash. Absolutely. They responded well to him. They're playing good defense too. Yeah, yeah, he deserved that. Yeah, that's what they've been missing. Yeah, and they did actually. I believe they beat. It was the Clippers. I think earlier today too. Yeah, one ten yeah. to ninety five. Hey, you mean the Clippers? They're also playing a lot better without uh, Ben Simmons and well, Kyrie too, Irving too. Jack anyway. And, yeah, obviously with Irving. But, yeah, I mean, just Simmons, I don't think, can really play well on any team right now. He looks completely broken. Yeah. Like if they ever – if Simmons ever does come back, I think they're going to be in a lot more trouble than than they bargained for because Simmons has done nothing. He is total trash. He has. It's amazing. Well, no, Simmons did play, actually. Oh, he did? I mean, they're just yeah. They just don't even play on defense. He's like playing. It's like playing four on five. He's a complete liability. Right. Yeah. Simmons. <laughs> Simmons has been rubbing. That's one of the worst uh, ball downs, like demises of any uh, big time athlete. I mean, the guy's not even a good NBA player right now. Diane, who did who did you say uh, about coming back? Do you think Gurman is going to come back? I mean, It'd be better off if she did, if he didn't. If he didn't. Yeah, I. If in in regards to Kyrie. Yeah. Uh you know, here's the problem with that whole thing. You know, uh, we talked about this last week. Uh, in particular, the stuff that would need to be done. One of the first things that would need to be done would be he would have to denounce the movie that he had uh, that he had uh, you know ex- that Holy he had gotten all those that. lies from, and yeah. he would have to apologize. Now he apologized, but he only did so after being suspended. That's the only reason he late, apologized, people. and that's the exact same thing that Joe Sy said. Sy. Uh, released a statement saying that he didn't feel that the apology is is truly genuine because of the fact that yeah. he he waited until after he was he was suspended to apologize. Mm-hmm. And so far, he hasn't denounced the movie yet, so I don't think he's going to end up doing or that either. And that's or the and that's one of the requirements that the Nets have given him in order for him to return to uh, to playing. So I 
honestly, you know, Kyrie, he still this is a guy who still believes that the earth is flat. So, uh-huh. I don't see him I don't see him renouncing <laughs> any of his uh statements that he has made. Okay. So, tell Columbus, tell him to call Columbus. No, I guess not. Yeah. And there's, you know, uh, there's multiple. Like, hey, dumbass, uh, the world is round. Well, your head's flat. There's, mul- <laughs> the, there's multiple NBA analysts, too, who believe that we may have seen the last of Kyrie in an NBA uniform, potentially. No, that didn't be the smart move. I mean, you know, first he wants to turn on the vaccine, and, you know, this happens now with the book and everything. I mean, Kyrie's image is tarnished anyway. Yeah. The damage, I don't think, can be, can be uh, you know, replaced. Forced his way to Cleveland, forced his way to Boston, total head case. Yeah. People, GMs don't really want him. No. Who's to blame him? Exactly. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good point by uh, by you, Alex. The fact that this is basically the third team that he has essentially set ablaze, essentially, here. With uh, it took it took a little bit longer for him to yeah. do it to Brooklyn. Yeah, he's just always he always finds something to be upset about, and it's just distraction. And I don't think people want to be around it. Yeah, and it, it has been rumored too that. Uh, well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that because uh, Durant is done with playing. You know, he's done with having to deal with Simmons, but I don't think he's done with Kyrie yet. But he is done with having to deal with Simmons. So uh, I know they're trying to do something with Simmons. They're trying to get, uh, trying to see if a team will take him. But it looks like that's probably not going to happen. And Simmons only had two points off of the bench today. So, yeah, that, that shows you right now what kind of value he has to any team. And that's zero, nothing. You can wave it. Wave a towel, fill up the water bottles. He's got some value. Yeah, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, the only the only reason they came back and won today was because of 22 points from Seth Curry off of the bench. Otherwise, they probably would have lost to the Clippers. So some good players. They didn't need all those superstars. I don't think they really... If they can get another good point guard, they'll be fine. I, I wouldn't be rushing back Kyrie. They definitely don't need Ben Simmons. And not just yeah. that, though, but Joe Harris has even taken a step back. Joe Harris isn't yeah. the same type of shooter that he once was. Yeah, injuries have slowed him down, too. Yep, they're banged up. Well, listen, Jock I mean, he's playing right now. I mean, he's only averaging about 7.6 points per game this season. That's low for a shooter like him who has who averaged around I think before before his injuries, he averaged around 13 14 points a game before injuries really started to derail him a little bit. I mean, he's yeah. He's only shooting at Forty percent this year so far. Wow, that's definitely I mean, he, definitely not typical Joe he, Harris. Yeah, he's definitely, and 
you know, normally he's a 46, 47% shooter from three. This season, he's only shooting 33% so far. So he's definitely taken a step back or two. You know, this isn't the same guy that everybody was looking at as, oh, you know, he's definitely one of the starters for the Nets. I mean, yeah, he's a starter, but he's not putting up starter-like points. Now, I will say this, though. Nicholas Claxton, it's about time they finally put him in the starting lineup as the starting center. Because Claxton had a... He's looking really good now. Yeah. Yeah. He had a double-double today, 13 points, 14 rebounds. Uh, It's definitely... You know, he spent all that time on the bench the last couple of years uh, coming off of the bench. And, I mean, hell, they probably would have been in a better position if they had him at center instead of Andre Drummond. Because Claxton is definitely a much better defensive player. Drummond can't even get off the bench in Chicago. He's already getting benched. Really? Guys, he doesn't play defense. Yep. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, it's. I mean that's pretty, you know that's pretty bad if he can't even get off of the bench in Chicago. I mean, and who would have thought he would take such a huge downturn on his career after he left Detroit? Yep, he's never been. Meanwhile, the Blake Griffin. Meanwhile, Blake Griffin, yeah. uh, he got his second start of the season this year. Uh, today against the Detroit Pistons with uh, Al Horford being out on a uh, on a back-to-back night. Uh, Griffin, in 22, 22 minutes at center, had seven points and six rebounds. So, I mean, he's no longer the, the Blake Griffin that he once was with L.A. and even arguably with Detroit. But uh, Griffin can still put up – yeah, I mean, you know, he's – just put it this way. He's not the same player that he once was with L.A. No. I mean, he, it's very obvious he is he has slowed down quite a bit uh, in yeah. recent years. In recent years, he has slowed down quite a bit. I mean, it, it, it's, it's blatantly obvious when you have members of the Celtics who are – basically running circles around him essentially out there on the court. Uh, We had three Celtics actually who had double doubles today. Jason Tatum exploded for 43 points and 10 rebounds uh, in today's, uh, today's 117 to 108 victory over the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Tatum is actually one of the one of the uh, top five, I believe, for MVP candidates this year so far. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he, he's yeah, yeah. clearly having the best scoring uh, season of his career so far. He's taking even another step further. He's, he's, a, he's yeah, he's a top five player. Yeah, he's. I, I can tell. I can tell you for sure. He's pissed off about how the finals uh, ended. He's very pissed off. I mean, uh, they said that he basically took training this off season to a whole entire different level. 
after uh after losing to uh to Golden State. I mean so far he's They're averaging about thirty two he's averaging thirty two point three points per game. That's remarkable. I watched I watched them last night. They they look so good. And Hauser, your buddy Hauser looks pretty good too. Oh yeah. Uh, here's the thing I'll say about Hauser is he's, I mean, granted, he only had five points tonight and he had five points last night, but, uh, Brian Scalabrini mentioned this on the Boston, uh, on the Boston broadcast. He said that they really respect his shooting, uh, opponents really respect his shooting to the point of where Denver put their best defender in Bruce Brown on him the entire night. And Brown was wow. basically uh, essentially smothering him almost the entire night to ensure he couldn't get open. That's definitely a sign of respect there. Yeah, but uh, a couple games ago, though, he did explode for, I think it was like 24 points against Detroit back when they were in, when they were playing in Boston. He did explode for 24 points. So, you know, he is – I'll say this about Hauser. He definitely has taken a huge step forward this year compared to last year uh, to where he is actually a serviceable player off of the bench this year uh, compared to last year where he was basically just used in uh, garbage time minutes, essentially. Um, definitely. But the one thing I've noticed, too, is Peyton Pritchard. He's been able to step up well, uh, with, Ma- with Malcolm Brogdon no longer. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's dealing with an injury uh, that, as far as I know, I believe it's a day-to-day injury. It's not something that's expected to keep him out long-term. Uh, but Pritchard, you know, he stepped in for 11 points last night, and he had, he had another five points tonight in 14 minutes. Uh, so, and even Luke Cornett. Cornette had six points in eight minutes tonight, and he's, you know, he's been a pretty big contributor. Uh, just to, uh, mainly, he's been more of a defensive contributor as opposed to an offensive contributor. Uh, but just to give guys like uh, like Al Horford or Grant Williams uh, some rest on the bench. Uh, Cornette has been seen quite a few times so far this season, and he's put up considerable numbers compared to last year. So, you know, this is, even though it's kind of the same team, it's, when you think about it, it's really a different team compared to last year. It just seems like, you know, they, they have the number one ranked offense so far through however many games they've played so far. Uh, Let me see. What's their record? 13. So through 13 games so far this season, they have the number one ranked offense in the NBA right now, which is astonishing to think of considering they had the number one defense last year. And the defense hasn't caught up yet. Sure. And not to mention, they're only a half game behind Milwaukee, 
for the uh, Eastern Conference lead. So I'll I'll tell you one thing. You know, it's going to get very interesting, I think, right now in the Eastern Conference this season. Uh, You're going to have teams like Milwaukee, Boston, obviously, Uh, Cleveland, with the addition of Mitchell, has really started to become quite the uh, quite the force. Though they've lost their last three games, though, so that's kind of a bit uh, kind of kind of a bit surprising. They started off the season eight and one. And now they've lost their last three games, all on the road, might I add. Yes. Yeah, they've been very impressive. Great young team. Yeah, then then you have a team like Atlanta, who's at eight and five. Then it kind of drops off from there. There, we're seeing a lot more five hundred teams in the Eastern Conference this year compared to the Western Conference. So it kind of seems like the Eastern Conference that we are uh so far this season has gone back to what they used to be, which was the top the first four teams are pretty good and then there's a huge drop off from there. I mean Washington, you know, Washington just barely got just got over 500 uh winning their last 3 games. Uh, they're now at seven and six, uh, with uh, with the duo of uh, Bradley Beal and Chris Epps Porzingis, and also Spencer yep. Dinwiddie as well. Um, oh no, Dinwiddie's on the, uh, Dinwiddie's on the uh, Mavericks. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you're right. With he Luke. was part of the. Uh, yeah, I forgot about that. He was part he of was, the. Uh, he was the uh, yeah, he was part of the Porzingis deal. I don't know how the heck I'm as you know as a Blazer fan, they've been playing really good. But uh, I was watching a little bit last uh, tonight. Um, it's really like Luca versus the other team. I don't know how they, they the Mavericks. I don't know how they win games. Uh, frankly, the, without Porzingis, you know what I mean. They lost Brunson. They really don't have a lot of talent. Yeah, uh, Luca. But they right. just, I don't know. They have. Good, really good role players, but you look at their team. I mean, you know, they're not really a sexy roster. Like, you know, 2K, I wouldn't want to play with them. <laughs> it's, it's Luca, then it's like, uh, yeah, Smith, Bullock, Bullock, Kleber, yeah, White Reggie, Powell. Bullock, Reggie Bullock. Come on, those are all like eighth, ninth men. He really, yeah. I mean, Dinwiddie's the second guy, and then there's a drop off. He's not a second, shouldn't be really a second guy. Yeah, it's remarkable. Luca, Luca's a. Luca's a cheat code, though. He's like Steph Curry. He's a cheat code. Yeah, he really is. I'm surprised Cuban couldn't couldn't have gotten more uh, just to surround him yet. Uh, well, I mean, they went all in on Porzingis, but that was a real flop. But uh, like, for instance, to let Brunson go. But I guess you know, Luca plays so much. He he plays with the ball a lot. They could use another yeah, upgrade. Yeah, you know, okay. It kind of makes me wonder if maybe. Maybe the Porzingis experiment has kind of soured uh, Cuban a little bit on going after big name guys. Yeah, maybe he's taking a, a year or two off from that from that really radical like Baldi, uh, the big ticket things. Yeah, it was a real flop. However, though they did get Christian. They did get Christian, Christian Wood, yeah. Wood though, and that's a pretty big pickup. 
Yeah, I was. I was just. I haven't really seen him until tonight playing the Blazers. He was coming off the bench, but uh, he's good. He's skinny. He's he's good. Yeah, considering um, I think he's a uh, more considering guy, the but... type of play, considering the type of player he was uh, originally with Detroit, and then he played uh, the last two seasons with Houston. You know, that's a pretty. This is a guy that I wanted the Celtics to pick up in free agency, and ultimately uh, he ended up going awesome. with Dallas. He would have been great for the Celtics. Oh yeah, I mean, standing standing at six foot nine, you know, he could, he would have been an excellent uh, player off of the bench to, uh, unless they were to unless they were to play him at power forward, maybe uh, he would yeah. have been an excellent uh, an excellent uh, substitution for for Jason Tatum when Jason Tatum would go to the bench. Absolutely. But yeah, you know, I'm looking. At, I'm looking at this team, though. You know, Luka Doncic. I mean, he's going to put up a triple double basically almost every single night. He's a human cheat code. There's nothing. There's no amount of defense you could put on him that will stop him from getting his shot off. Uh, That's then true. You have he'll Den- he'll th- turn around almost then- like Barkley. He'll turn around and he'll just like slowly just dribble and just keep, no one can stop him from getting to the hole. Right, and, and then you have then you have Dinwiddie, and then What's I would Dinwiddie? say the next, I would say the next person after that is Christian Wood, and then and then maybe Tim Hardaway yeah. Jr. And then there's a drop off. Yeah, Benny Smith's good. He's, but, he but he doesn't really do a lot of stats. He's he's defensive guy. But yeah, yeah, they're really just role players surrounding the cheat code. It's interesting, like you said. Though I mean, having Luca makes everything better. Yeah, it's like they're a completely different team when they don't have Luca out there. I was that too. Oh yeah, Lua's working that, earlier. Sorry, could sorry, could make your show, Lou. I was working earlier today. How'd it go? Uh, for the most part, it went well. We did get a lot. We did get through our football predictions, so that was the the important cool. thing. Steve, that, I mean, I don't know. I what do you what are your thoughts if we're talking NBA? Who, who's your biggest surprise team? I'm, I've been pleasantly surprised with the Blazers so far. You yeah, know, I, bet, I yeah, am actually choice. pretty. I am actually pretty surprised with the Blazers, considering uh, what they've uh, what they've done so far this year. I would, if anything, though, I would be more surprised with the Jazz. I mean, oh, yeah, take a look at. The Jazz have the second highest uh, offense in the league. They're the second ranked offense in the league right now. Wow. 118, po- 118 points per game. Minus minus Mitchell. This is a team that has fucking Talon Horton Tucker as one of their big pickups from this offseason. Yeah. And Kelly Olkin. I mean, Olnick. Yeah, and, Kel- and Ke- Kelly Olynyk, uh, Laurie Markkinen, Colin Sexton. I mean, you know, you, you look at you look at the you look at this roster, and you would almost think that if they had, they would have been better if they still had Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But then, you take a look at, at what they're doing now. And they're sitting right. at ten and four. 
They're sitting at 10 and 4, and they're in first in the Western Conference. I mean, I am surprised to begin with that they are even in this position right now because honestly, looking at this list, Looking at this list of players, I can tell you right now, maybe the biggest star that they have is Mike Conley. Yeah. I like Markinen a lot. He's not really a star, though. No, Markinen, um, well, I don't know, though. He's doing not too bad this year. 22.3 22. points per game, 8.5 rebounds. So, yeah, pretty darn. He's very young, too. I think he's maybe 24. Uh, no, 25, 25, actually pretty close. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah one year at, you know, he's uh, playing for Arizona. He's got a lot of, I mean, he's a player European. He's got good up. Yeah. He's going, he's going back to the way he, uh, to the way he played early on in his career, uh, in his, uh, career with, um, with Chicago, you know, he's oh, going back right. to that style of play with Utah. It's a good organization. Love, love or hate Utah. I mean, they have they the players play hard for them. They're smart, smart franchise. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what was up with him in Cleveland last year. Cleveland with Cleveland, he just wasn't the same player that he was with Chicago. So I don't know what was up with him uh, over there. But you know, he's he, he right now. He's having a career year. He's putting up career uh, career highs so far with Utah. Yeah. So I don't know, you know, if I don't know if Utah can continue this uh, this level of success, but if they can, I mean, they're probably a team. They're probably a sneaky team that you may want to watch in the Western Conference moving forward here. Because probably. You know, everybody was everybody was expecting that. Okay, we're not going to see anything out of them this year uh, because they seem they clearly seem to be a rebuilding team. But yet, that word, you know, it it almost seems like this team is full of a bunch of role players essentially, with the with the exception of maybe Colin Sexton and Laurie Markinen. And Jordan Clarkson too. Right. I forgot about Clarkson. Yeah. But yep. You know, actually, their top two scorers are Markinen and Clarkson right now, I believe. So, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd say they're definitely overperforming compared to what they are on paper. So, uh, yeah, I'm impre- I'm impressed right now. Uh, for the Western Conference with Utah, Memphis. I expected Memphis to be where they are right now at nine and four. Uh, Phoenix. I'd say I'm kind of maybe a little bit surprised with Phoenix because I expected Phoenix would be right at the top, like they were like they were the past two years. And mm-hmm. so far, they've been having a bit of a sluggish. Uh, I, I well, I wouldn't say sluggish, but uh, maybe not up, maybe not up to my expectations. Uh, I would say my biggest surprise, apart from Utah, is Golden State. What the hell is wrong with them at five and seven? Exactly. If it wasn't for Curry's heroics, they'd be a lot, they'd be a lot deeper in a hole. 
they have a five, they have, they have the fifth ranked offense in the league, and yet they have a guy like Wiseman, and they have the and they're twenty fourth in rebounding. Are you serious? I mean James Wiseman, right? Yeah, James Wiseman. Yeah, James Wiseman. Okay. Yeah, and they're giving up. They're thirtieth in opponents' points per game. They're giving up an average of one hundred and nineteen points per game. They're giving up more points than they are scoring right, right. now. I mean, was was all of the uh, you know was all of the subtractions they made this off season really that different? No. no. I mean, it's just I, I I'm I'm stunned right now. The fact that yeah, you know they it, it's it's almost like the subtractions that they had to make were have completely you know oh I wouldn't say destroyed the roster, but it's made it a completely different roster. I mean, the fact that yeah. you have, let me see, let me see real quick, actually, is, is Iguodala still with, the, yeah, Iguodala is still with the team, but I don't think he's really playing. Uh, you had Otto Porter, you mean to tell me you lose Otto Porter Jr., Juan Toscano-Anderson, uh, let's see, did they re-sign... Okay, yeah, they re-signed Kayvon Looney. Uh, who was – oh, Gary Payton the second. You mean to tell me you lose Gary Payton the second, Otto Porter Jr., and Juan Toscano-Anderson as your three big – as your big three free agent losses this year, and you mean to wow. tell me that's going to drastically change your team? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nope. I mean, that is just very surprising to me right now. The fact that they're going to, that the reason, the reason why they are where they are right now is because of the fact that they got worse defensively. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's just stunning, honestly. You know, this this is a team. Now, granted, maybe it's because they're 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 the defending NBA champions. Maybe that's why. You know, maybe yeah. there is such a thing. Maybe there is such a thing as uh, as uh, you know a championship hangover. I was going to say that. You know, this isn't this isn't the same Golden State Warriors team that we're used to seeing. It's almost as if they've shifted back. To the Golden State Warriors when Clay Thompson was injured. Yeah, it does more resemble that. Matter of fact, let me see what Thompson is doing so far this year. I may have to split just a little bit early because my phone is about to die. So uh, if I do have to okay, split, well. that's the reason why. You know, other than that, you know, I would have stayed the whole time. But I'm down to like about four and a half percent. Steve, I got to jump, man. All right. All right. Well, you know, you know what? Thanks for having me on the show. 
yeah. Uh, well, th- thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on tonight, Alex. And you know what? You know what? Uh, we'll probably do, we'll probably just cut just cut it now, anyways. Because uh, right. we got about we got about twenty three minutes to go uh, to go in, in the show. You know, uh, and Lou, I know I know your battery's dying. Um, and Alex yeah. is uh, Alex has to split. So you know what? We'll ca- I think we'll call it for tonight. Uh, we All do right. have go. Yep. Thanks, uh, man. Got to run. Go I'll see you guys next time. All right. Have a good night, Alex. Uh, okay. Good. And 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 you know what? There's a, there's a couple of things that we can move that we can move to next week's show anyway. So uh, yeah. Thank you though, Lou. Thank you, Lou, for joining me tonight. Thank you to Alex and thank I you to Diane as well. Too. Oh yeah, it's been a it's been a blast uh, being on being on hey, your Jim, show. Hey Jim, if uh, I want to call in, you know. <laughs> Yeah, well, Jim has been uh, Jim Jim has been going to the Arkansas Razorbacks games. Uh, I say during so well, uh, your show get, actually you know as many people yeah because uh, you know because next week is a Thanksgiving show and you know like to you know get people to join in you know the holiday season. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's been pretty busy. So, but um, right. I'm sure I'm sure uh, at some point he'll. Uh, He'll get the when he gets the chance to. He will. All right. I uh, bet. No. Uh, good night, everybody. And back next week, same time, same station. All righty. Well, uh, for Lou, for uh, for Alex, and for Diane, uh, that's going to be it for tonight. So uh, a reminder: if you guys haven't done so yet, go to blogtalkradio.com/slash/missyae and subscribe, or go to Amazon Music. Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, search Missy AE, uh, hit subscribe. You'll get access to all of our shows that we've done and any that we will be doing in the future. Uh, Be sure, if you're a Survivor fan, to tune in this Thursday night for another edition of the Survivor 43 recap show hosted by Jim Early. Uh, whom, without his help, none of these podcasts would be possible to bring to you. Uh, But everybody have a great rest of your weekend, and uh, we will be back next week uh, with another Sports Whispers Weekly. So have a good night, everybody, and have a good weekend.